is everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at the $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code TBPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. It's easy to play. Pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. Then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up the points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Download the DraftKings app now and use code TBPN during sign up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's code TBPN and you can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up? What's up, L.A.? Welcome to L.A. Courtside Podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. And I am your host, L.A. Ray. And before I get into it today, just wanted to give you all a little piece of Cybertron, that music clip that you just heard. Cybertron, Alleys of Your Mind. That was back in the early 80s when techno music or technical music or whatever they're calling it nowadays actually came out in the early 80s from some brothers from Detroit and the brothers that's doing it now just piggybacked off of that into the techno music that you hear today but that clip alleys of your mind was one of my favorites from back in the DAY again this is LA courtside where we talk Lakers and Clippers and other NBA news as well and the occasional college commentary I'll just do a little commentary on Baylor whipping up on that ass on Gonzaga, which won me a a few dollars, by the way, on DraftKings. So I kind of like that. But let's start off with the L.A. Lakers, who in their last game on Tuesday, they beat Toronto 110 to 101, led by Horton Tucker with 17 points. Uh, But before that, of course, they lost the game to the Clippers. You know, that L.A. rivalry game in the Staples Center, 104 to 86. And with the way that the Lakers are playing right now, it's definitely kind of concerning. And obviously it's going to be concerning without LeBron James and without Anthony Davis. And Drummond is sort of like day to day now with the bruised or toe that's contused or whatever you want to call it. What he has going on from that first game against Milwaukee, they sorely need him back. 
They just picked up Ben McLemore, who has had a a not so stellar NBA career. I remember when he came out of Kansas. You know, I thought he was going to be much better than he ended up being. Uh, he's a career nine points per game player, 41% from the field, 36% from three-piece land. You know, maybe he'll be a reclamation project for the Lakers. You know, maybe he can give some some steady minutes or consistent minutes, uh, I would think, behind KCP, who's really not playing well himself. But they had to bring someone else on board to fill the roster out, and they decided to go with Macklemore instead of uh, someone else who may have been a free agent. So, But again, looking at the Lakers' schedule here is really, really daunting schedule. I believe right now the Lakers are, they may be like fifth in the standings, and uh, they definitely don't want to drop down all the way to eighth, ninth, or tenth. You know, they have those play-in games in the NBA, which I don't know why the NBA came up with that, but it's what they have. And the Lakers could possibly end up down there. Now, if they have LeBron James back and Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond in due time, even if they had to do the play-in type of game, I think they would be fine. But they need those guys back, and they need them back bad. And every time you read publications, whether you read on ESPN.com or the LA Times or any viable publication, where you have so many doctors or so-called doctors who are telling everyone when LeBron's going to be back, when AD's going to be back. Well, LeBron, uh, you know, he may be as soon as two weeks. And then the next publication publication says four weeks. And well, AD, he'll be back in about a week, no more than two. Next publication says three weeks, four weeks. So, uh, and again, drumming is day to day. So someone is holding information close to the vest. Someone in the Lakers organization, I'm assuming, because we have no definitive answer from the Lakers when these guys are going to come back. Other than, again, Andre Drummond, who is day to day. So let's just say, for example, that they don't come back. I'm talking about A.D. and or LeBron until, say, the beginning of May. Okay, we're just in the uh, first third of, uh, of April here. And let's say it's not to the beginning of May. You got games coming up. You have one Thursday at Miami. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough game. National game on TNT is going to be tough. Then you are you, you have to go to the Brooklyn Nets. Now the Brooklyn Nets, I'm still skeptical on them. You know, now you got James Harden who's out with a hamstring. Still have uh, not much word on Kevin Durant. And then you have Kyrie Irving in and out of the lineup, personal reasons, blah, blah, blah. This team, again, if they don't make it to at least make it to the NBA finals or let alone win it. Actually, they should win it if they make it that far. They will be one of the biggest busts in the history of the NBA as far as I'm concerned. You know, with the big three, you know, you got Joe Harris on that. They got a very, very good team, but, you know, they're in and out of the lineup now. So I don't know how much cohesion they're going to have. All three of those guys haven't played together for many games since they got together. So, you know, the jury's still out on Brooklyn, but the Lakers have to go there on Saturday, April the 10th. And then they go to New York to play the Knicks. The Knicks are hovering around 500. They may finally make the playoffs this year, which I think is good for the NBA. And uh, that's not going to be an easy game. Maybe the easiest game is at Charlotte. You know, without Melo Ball, they probably should win that game. 
And uh, then they come back home against Boston and then Utah twice. So this is a this is a very daunting schedule by the Lakers, but they have what they have, who they have. You know, no one's going to cry a river for the L.A. Lakers. You know, they roll the basketball out there. Your best five is out there or however Vogel wants to uh, implement that lineup. And then you just you just go for it. I mean, this game against Toronto, you had a few players that played pretty well. Markeith Morris was six out of 13 in that game, three of eight from three-piece land. He's similar to his brother, as I mentioned in the last episode. You know, he's open for three. He can hit that three. He also had nine rebounds in this game, scored 15 points. Good game for uh, Keith Morris in uh, 24 minutes of play. Kuzma, again, did not have a good game. 35 minutes. He is the guy that most Laker fans or maybe even the Laker brass are looking at to try as best as he can to carry this team until the big stars come back. That, you know, that puts a lot of pressure on Kyle Kuzma. He's not that type of player. But when the Lakers are full, when the Lakers are whole, you know, Kyle Kuzma is a very, very good player. And he's also had good games without LeBron and without AD. But they're not as consistent as some may like. And in this game against Toronto, even though the Lakers did win, he was only 3 out of 13 from the field. Only 2 out of 11 from three-piece land. Not going to cut it. Not going to cut it. Uh, he didn't even rebound well in this game because typically he leaves the Lakers in rebounds uh, without AD and LeBron. He only had four rebounds in this game. So it wasn't a pretty, it wasn't a good game at all for Kuzma. He only scored eight points in this game. Mark Gasol, who's the guy that uh, he had the interview and initially said he was not pleased in so many words, a paraphrase, and he was not pleased with the uh, acquisition of Drummond. Nothing against Drummond or anything like that. Uh, then I read in the LA Times that, you know, now he's uh, rethought everything and, you know, he's going to, you know, he's a team player. It's pretty much what he said. And that's what I expect from Marcus Gasol. The guy's a pro. You know, the guy has a championship ring. You know, he's coming in here to help the Lakers win a championship. Whether he starts or not really doesn't matter. You know, at this point in his career, Andre Drummond is a better player than Marcus Gasol. They didn't bring Andre Drummond in to come off the bench. They brought him in to start along with AD and LeBron. So you have Marcus Gasol come off the bench. You know, he's a very, very good uh, backup, I would think, in this particular game. He was six out of nine from the field, one of three from three-piece land, scored 13 points. Very good game for him, nine rebounds. That was probably one of his better games, I don't know, maybe in the last month or so. Played very well. Even had five assists. I remember when he first came to the Lakers uh, earlier this year, you know, people were saying, you know, Marc Gasol is a very, very good passer, which, which he is, especially early on in his career. You can run the offense through him. You know, start the offense with him at the top of the key. Let him survey the wings in the lane and, and then kick out to LeBron, AD, or Schroeder or whomever, and then let them go to work. Did not quite work out like that. But he can definitely come off the bench and spell Andre Drummond for so many minutes and be effective. And in this particular game, he, he pretty much showed what he can do. So if you can have that kind of output as a reserve, you know, coming in, he may not play 28 minutes. You know, maybe he'll play, say, you know, 15 to 17 minutes off the bench behind Drummond. You know, you get this kind of output, uh, you know, the Lakers will be doing cartwheels if they got that from Mark Gasol on a consistent basis. Dennis Schroeder, 27 minutes, only three out of seven from the field. He was two or two from three-piece land, no score, 12 points. He had nine assists, which is uh, really, really good. 
on that uh, stat column right there. But uh, consistent play for him, definitely what they need. Now, he hasn't, again, signed an extension. Uh, I mentioned this in the last episode that, from what I understand, he turned down four years, 84 million, 84 stacks. That's 21 stacks per year, you know, by my book, by my little old math, you know, 21 stacks a year. Is he worth that? I think that's a fair offer. Evidently, he thinks he's worth more than that. He's betting on himself. Maybe he'll put himself on an open market after this season is over and see who offers him more than $21 million a year, you know, for four years. Four, maybe he's looking for a five-year contract. Maybe he's looking for a max. I wouldn't give him that. So we'll see how that shakes out with Schroeder. But some of these games lately, it seems like his mind is on that contract. Now, I guess it's something I don't know for sure. It's just my perception of the way he's playing. It just looks like something's on this guy's mind and it may be that contract so if that's the case now all of a sudden you put more pressure on yourself because you're betting on yourself because you turned down this offer uh, allegedly from the lakers and now you may be playing a little tight so let's hope either they the lakers work something out with him long term or shooter just shakes it off and just makes up his mind and say hey I'm a, i'll be a free agent after this season's over championship or not i'll go test the free agency waters and see what i can get but they need him to play well uh, or much better than he has been playing lately. And then KCP, he finally had a decent game from the floor. He's still not shooting the ball in volume, in large volumes, like he was earlier in the year. Like in this particular game, in 26 minutes, he only took five shots. But he was four out of five, two of two from three-piece land, three of three from the line for 13 points. It seems like a guy like KCP, I mean, he's their shooting guard. That's why they call him shooting, shoot, shoot, shooting guard. He should be taking more than five shots. Yeah, okay, 10, 12 shots he should be taking. Markeith Morris takes more shots than KCP. I don't know if that should be the case, but maybe it's a confidence thing or not. But in this particular game, he only took four. I'm sorry, he took five, but he made four of them, so that's good. So maybe he can build on that moving forward. And uh, I, as I mentioned before, Taylor Horton Tucker in the game against Toronto, he led the Lakers in scoring with 17 points. Again, you know, very, very young, only 20 years old. He has up and down games. He did play 26 minutes. His um, minutes are definitely picking up. It, it, it has to. You know, they have to play somebody. So, you, you know, you throw THT out there, see what he can do. Six out of ten from the field, three or four from three-piece land, scores 17 points. That's a very good game for, me, for him. Uh, Caruso, 28 minutes, 4 of 7, 13 points. That's that's one of his better games since he came back from the um, concussion, the uh, post-concussion protocol that he was in. And then finally, uh, Matthews uh, only had 9 points. Now, Montrez Harrell, of course, got ejected in his game. Only 2 minutes. That was kind of strange. Uh, and the Lakers did win, despite that. <laughs> despite Harrell being... Uh, not available for this particular game. So, Laker fans, again, uh, the Lakers are at the point in the season where it's, it could possibly get really, really dicey because of the schedule that they have, because, or they have, because of the uncertainty of the injury situation with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and even Drummond as well. At the very least, they need Drummond to uh, come back as soon as possible. And, you know, whether you're going to get something from Ben McLemore, you know, going back in his history, you know, you're not going to count on anything from him. Whatever he gives you is a bonus. Ben McLemore. 
So the Lakers got to roll with who they have. And again, that schedule, you know, starting Thursday, you know, at Miami and then at Brooklyn and then at New York, those three games right there are, are definitely games that they could obviously lose. You know, obviously, even New York. Brooklyn, who knows who's going to be playing in that game for them. Big three, maybe one of the big three, maybe two of the big three, maybe all three of them, maybe none of them. You know, that team, I, I don't know what the heck's going on to Brooklyn Nets. I just don't think they're going to win the NBA championship. That is just my opinion, my humble opinion. I don't think it's going to happen because they can't have that much cohesiveness uh, with the way – things have been going since Harden got on that team because they just haven't been playing together. You know, they've had some games where they've uh, maybe a few games where all three have played together and they just blew up, blow people out. But then next thing you know, like I say, Durant is out again. Now you have Harden with the hamstring and you have Kyrie with the personal issues. Who knows? And then, of course, Miami Heat got the Lakers beating the championship last year. They're, you know, they're pretty tough. So that's going to be a tough game. So, Laker fans, my advice is just to hang in there. Let's just let's just hang in there. Even if the Lakers, you know, end up being a eighth seed or something like that, it is what it is. It is what it is. And you know, it's almost like a one or a two game, you know, playing tournament. However, that thing shakes out, and the Lakers, uh, if they have all of their players back, they should prevail. They should prevail and just move on. You know, maybe they have to play Utah in the first round. You know, I, I would, heck, I'd rather play Utah than even play somebody like Golden State or Portland or, God forbid, play Denver. You know, Denver has uh, has made their roster better uh, big time with uh, Aaron Gordon coming over there. Wouldn't want to play them in the first round. You know, but Utah, ah, the jury's still out on Utah. You know, they have to show me. That's one of those things where you say, I'm from Missouri. You got to show me. You know, I don't think Utah's going to do much. You know, a good story and all of that. Phoenix, I don't think they're going to do much either. You know, the team, of course, the Lakers have to worry about is the Clippers. And I'll get with, um, I'll talk about the Clippers uh, in a moment here. But again, Lakers, you know, AFC, ninth seed, whatever seed you end up being, you'll make the playoffs and you know, you'll have your players back. Let's pray that they do. And then if that happens, then the Lakers will go on. And I believe still would make it to the Western Conference Finals against those uh, same L.A. Clippers. In my second segment, I'm going to, before I get to the Clippers talk, I'm going to talk about the national championship game where the Baylor Bears uh, beat up on a Gonzaga. The Gonzaga Bulldogs just beat them up. Thank you, DraftKings, for allowing me to put a couple of dollars on this game and win me some money. And thank you for that, Baylor. Now, what you heard right there is the Baylor fight song. I had to cut that off a little short. Come on, Baylor. That's kind of weak. It's kind of weak, Baylor. Y'all need to get y'all a little better fight song. So the fight song is weak, but the basketball team is definitely not weak. Just want to touch on that. Just a couple of comments on that game. Uh, Baylor won 86 to 70 over Gonzaga. And, you know, just just off the top of my head, it's got to be tough for Gonzaga to go 31 and 0, you know, throughout the whole season and then lose in the very last game in the championship game. Now, what I think happened is 
a lot of the wind was taken out of their sails when they beat UCLA at the buzzer uh, a couple of days before that. And Jalen Suggs, who, by the way, would look great in a Laker or a Clipper uniform. It will never happen because he's going to be a top. He's going to be a lottery pick for sure. But boy, but that, that guy would look good. Any of these guys that played in this game, even the ones for Baylor. Now, that one of, them, one of those guys may slip down to the Lakers or the Clippers who will be, you know, picking later in the first round and second round, things like that. But going back to this game, though, uh, Baylor was just too tough. They were too tough, man. Those guards, all three of these guards from Baylor, Butler, Mitchell, and T. I expect all three of them to be in the NBA. I don't, I'm not saying they're going to be superstars or anything like that. You never know. But, you know, heck, I, I see some of these guys that, that, that sit on the bench in the NBA as – 10th men and stuff like that, man, get one of these young kids to do that. See if you can develop them. All of them. Butler, that dude seems like his, his facial expression never changes. Like nothing rattles this guy. He, you know, he scored 22 points, led the um, Baylor Bears in scoring in that game. Mitchell is like a bulldog, man. That guy, I mean, he's he looks like a fire hydrant type guy that played football in high school and also played basketball. Man, he looks really, really good. You know, he can clamp down on defense, and, you know, he goes to the lane with reckless, reckless abandon. He scored 15 points. And then Teague, you know, he's probably the, the smoothest one of all as far as shooting goes. He was 8 out of 15 himself for 19 points. So all three of these guys. And then the guy coming off the bench who's also a guard, Flagler, who, who actually had the dagger three pretty much put this game away he also scored 13 points so you have four guards from Baylor that was just balling them dudes was balling man and I love it I you know Gonzaga kind of reminds me of Duke of the West Coast and Duke is not one of my favorite college teams you know Mike Krzyzewski you know great coach and all that you know me I give credit where credit's due but if I don't like it I don't like it I just don't care particularly care for Duke all that much, and Gonzaga is like the West Coast version of that, in my opinion. But thirty-one and one is thirty-one and one. They're a great basketball team, and they've already got them in the top two next year, as they have a incoming freshman class that's just going to keep them on that level that they're on. And uh, Baylor, I'm sure, you know, Baylor's gotten all the exposure now and everything. I'm pretty sure that they'll have, you know, players coming in. Uh, uh, themselves. Going back to that uh, Mitchell for Baylor, though, he kind of reminds me of uh, maybe a Nate Robinson type type uh, that won a dunk contest in the NBA that one year, played football up there at Washington and uh, ended up playing um, uh, basketball for most of his career, well, for all his professional career, played basketball. Mitchell kind of reminds me of him. But congratulations to Baylor. Very, very good victory. They ended the season at 28-2. and two. So you had the two best teams playing in the uh, in the championship. UCLA, you know, kudos to them. I know they felt really, really bad with that uh, Jalen Suggs shot from a couple of steps inside of half court there. Really not much you can do about that. You know, call it luck or whatever. But, you know, he made the shot, eliminated UCLA, and you had number one against number one in the championship game, which is what everybody wanted to see anyway. So congratulations to the Baylor Bears. And my last segment of this episode will be on the LA Clippers. Uh. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here. 
Clippers talk. I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, DMX. As you all know, I'm huge, huge old school, old school hip hop and rap fan. And um, as you all probably know, if you guys are a fan of uh, old school hip hop, uh, DMX, the rapper that came out in the early uh, 90s, is hospitalized right now. And uh, apparently he's not doing that well. Not going to get into the specific as far as. Uh, his medical condition or, or anything like that. But uh, apparently he's not doing well. So I just wanted to play that one clip before I talk about the Clippers. And uh, that is by DMX called uh, Up In Here. Well, one of the uh, the best songs that, uh, that DMX has done. I've actually had this clip on this podcast maybe a couple of times before. It's one of my favorites. So my prayers go out to uh, DMX and uh his family and uh you know may god lay hands on him and um and uh, do the healing that we all know the lord can do so la clippers the la clippers are looking really really good right now i mean there's nothing else that you can say they are 34 and 18 second in the pacific division and they are on a two-game winning streak right now they play Phoenix, that's going to be a really, really good game on uh, TNT on Thursday, the 8th. Uh, but their last two wins, of course, was against the Lakers, the 104-86 win I just mentioned earlier on this episode here. And then an impressive victory against Portland, 133-116. to 116. That was a very, very impressive victory. And Portland now is starting to get their players back. McCullum is back. Uh, Dame Lillard didn't necessarily have a good game here uh, by Damian Lillard standards, of course. 38 minutes, only two out of 14 from the field. Only one of six from three-piece land. He only scored 11 points. Uh, Norm Powell, on the other hand, scored 32 points for the Trailblazers. And, you know, here's another guy, Norman Powell, man. He He's stepping right in there, man. This, this kid can score. He can definitely score. Uh, Covington had 15 and McCullum had uh, 24 for Portland. So, you know, Portland is, is a team that's going to be reckoned with in the playoffs. They still don't have a uh, Nurkic back yet. He didn't play in this game with uh, right knee inflammation. And so when they get him back, you know, they're going to be hell to deal with as well. But in this particular game, the LA Clippers, they handled him pretty easily in the first quarter. The Clippers scored 47 points in the first quarter against Portland. 40, I scored him 47 to 32. And the rest of the game was just really a, a, a pretty much a cakewalk after that. And they handled them pretty well. Now for the, the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard, of course, as usual, he's, by the way, by the way, Kawhi Leonard, I think, has put himself back in the MVP race. I really think he is. I'm not sure what's going to happen with LeBron James because of the injury and all of that. And, uh, of course, you got James Harden. Over there, you know, you know, playing lights out with Brooklyn and all of that. But I think Kawhi Leonard uh, can quietly, he does everything quietly, <laughs> put himself back into the MVP race, especially if the Clippers just go on a, just a long type winning streak and just start just dominating people. He can easily put himself back in the MVP race. Paul George had one of his better games that he's played in the last, say, I don't know, four, five, six games, probably his best one in that time span, 34 minutes, 11 out of 18 from the field. 
I mean, the guy, hey, the guy's a top 10, top 12 player. Some people think he's even better than that when he's on his game. 36 points. He was balling, man. Six of nine from three-piece land. He was killing them. Paul George. And by the way, uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, he also led the team in assists with uh, with seven assists. Now, Patrick Beverly uh, came back in this particular game, played 20 minutes, scored eight points. They're going to have to um, just, you know, weed him back into the lineup. And you got Zubats out there, scored his 11 points. Isn't it? It always seems like Zubox is always, like in this game, he was five out of seven. He's either that or six out of seven or seven out of seven or eight out of nine. You know, he rarely, seems like he rarely misses shots. I don't have his field goal percentage right here in front of me, but I'm assuming it's pretty high. He scored 11 points himself. Uh, Marcus Moore Sr., he only had five points, two out of seven from the field, one of six from three-piece land. Did not play all that well. But, you know, when you have other guys playing well, like, you know, Kawhi and Paul George and, you know, Beverly's back out there now. And then also you have Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson did not start. He came off the bench, played 26 minutes, 8 of 12 from the field, 4 of 6 from three-piece land, scored 23 points. Now, Reggie Jackson may be thinking he, he may have a little motivation here because, you know, a lot of people, including myself, are thinking that, okay, since Rondo's on the team now, who only scored two points in this game, 15 minutes, one out of four. You know, I'm not going to um, be too concerned about Rondo just yet. I mean, he's only played a couple of games here, and it's going to take him a while to get acclimated to the teammates. But, uh, you know, some people think Reggie Jackson, even even though you have Rondo, that Reggie Jackson in the playoffs should get more minutes than Rondo coming off the bench or starting or whatever the case may be. Ty Lue's going to have to figure that piece out. With Beverly, Jackson, and Rondo. Uh, the odd man out, of course, is, is going to be Luke Kennard. We all know that. He only played three minutes in this game, didn't score. He's going to be the odd man out. Terrence Mann is going to get some playoff minutes. Uh, in this game, he only had 10 minutes. Uh, it was 0 for 1 from the field. Uh, only made a couple, uh, a couple of free throws. So only scored two points. But it's going to be Jackson, Rondo, and Beverly. Now, how you mix and match that, Ty Lue, is going to be interesting to see. You know, if Rondo becomes the Rondo that we know Rondo can become, let him play like he played uh, with the Lakers last year and just, you know, be there in that fourth quarter, settle the team down, make sure they get in there all their sets and all of that, get you a couple of steals here and there, play some good defense. He may be the guy, you know, in the fourth quarter down the stretch. That's what I'm thinking that's going to happen anyway. Uh, Pat Beverly is a guy that you can bring in, you know, depending on the matchup. If you just want that bulldog point guard out there, somebody that can – Lock down another point guard. Okay, then you play Patrick Beverly, maybe a little bit more. Or if you just need somebody to come and shoot, you know, volume shots like Reggie Jackson does. You know, he took 12 shots in this game. And um, if he has a favorable matchup, then you bring Reggie Jackson in. Yeah, that's what Ty Lue makes all the money for. Reggie Jackson, uh, besides uh, Kawhi and uh, Paul George, he had the most shots on the team. With 12, you know, he's not afraid to jack it up. We all know that. But sometimes he can be very, very hot. Sometimes he can be very, very cold. It's not too much in between with him from what I can see. But they are playing very, very good basketball. And for the cherry on top with the Clippers, they picked up DeMarcus Cousins on a 10-day contract. Now, I mentioned in my last episode DeMarcus Cousins when he was playing with Houston he averaged like nine point 
eight points. Maybe let's just say 10 points a game. And I don't know, it was it four or five rebounds or something like that? You know, the guy's not chopped liver. Now, you know, you see him out there against Portland. You know, he probably can lose a couple of pounds. You know, we all can probably lose a couple of LBs. I know I can. But he didn't look bad. He didn't look out of place. Three or four from the field. Three or four from the field. Scored seven points. And he only played eight minutes. You know, that's pretty good for eight minutes. Three out of four from the field. Seven points, four rebounds, two assists. That's what DeMarcus Cousins does. Now, you get him in the floor of things, and then you get Ibaka back on the team. And depending on how Cousins is playing, again, Tyler is going to have to make a decision. I mean, it's a good problem to have. Now you got Zubats, you got Cousins, and you got Ibaka. Now those three, who's going to get the most playing time? You're going to split it down 33% each? Not sure. The only, the only Clippers that we know is going to get, you know, all kind of playing time, of course, is Kawhi and Paul George. And... You know, uh, uh, Morris, Marcus Morris Sr., you know, he's going to get his minutes as well. And then, of course, another guy I didn't even mention is uh, Batum. He only scored five points in this game, and uh, he has six rebounds, though. So you can also bring him off the bench. So the it seems to me that the Clippers are, like, locked and loaded, man. They're ready. This is their team that they're going to go with down the stretch. And it looks like they're ready to make uh, a nice run here. You know, and, and take over. I don't know if they can take over Phoenix or Utah. You know, if it's, if they're going to have enough firepower to do that. But it'll start on Thursday when they play Phoenix. They play Phoenix and uh, they play them uh, at the Staples Center. Then they play Houston. That that's an automatic victory right there. Then they play Detroit. Maybe win that game. And, you know, then they got Indiana at Indiana at Detroit again. That's another victory at Philadelphia. That may be kind of tough in Minnesota. So they're Schedule is not as tough as the Lakers' schedule is that I mentioned earlier. So the Clippers, they can they can just start chalking up some victories here, and they'll be either. I don't think they'll be no worse than I would say a two seed. I think they can overtake Phoenix, or maybe even Utah. You know, we'll see. You know, definitely no no lower than a three seed. The Clippers should be so they're going to be in pretty good shape uh, when the playoffs start down the line here just as long as no one gets injured again we want both of these teams the lakers and the clippers to be whole uh down the stretch because what we want and definitely what i want that's what this podcast is all about hell it's lakers and clippers baby i want both of those teams to meet if it's not the western conference finals at least meet in the playoffs at some point whole that means everybody playing lebron ad abaca drummond Patrick Beverly, everybody's playing. There's nobody hurt. And, you know, have a party in L.A., baby. Let's get the jabs going back and forth on Twitter. I love it. I love it. That's what I want to see. So let's pray for that to happen. I think it's. I still think it will. It's just a matter of how far down the Lakers may go as far as seeding. But uh, once they get their players back, man, and, you know, they're, if you have an 80% LeBron James and an 80% A.D., you know, that's that's better than 90% of the teams in the NBA, I think. So we shall see what happens. So with that, L.A. fans, I'm going to leave it there. And again, I'd like to thank the Basketball Podcast Network for putting on this particular podcast. But most of all, most of all, I'd like to thank all of you fans in Los Angeles and around that area. Not just Los Angeles, just 
L.A. Clippers and L.A. Lakers basketball fans. You guys are all across the country. So I'd like to thank all of you and NBA uh, fans in general for uh, listening in as I do talk about other teams as well other than the Lakers and the Clippers on these podcasts. So, again, COVID-19, we're still in that COVID-19 environment. Unfortunately, make sure you wear your mask, people. Make sure you get vaccinated. I think that's the best thing to do. Keep six foot social distancing and wash your hands thoroughly every single day and quite often. And again, with that, I am signing off until the next episode. Peace.